The following episode contains explicit language, dangerous situations, and scenes involving alcohol and drunkenness. Previously on Masks and Mayhem. Yeah, you feel yourself freeze up again as Adrian kind of just like casually strolls out of her cell. I think we'll be taking our leave now, Laserhawk. It has been truly a pleasure meeting you. Adrian does like another flick of the wrist, and of the people you can see at the time, all of their power cuffs pop off. Let me make one thing very clear. If you get out of here, you better get as far away from this city as humanly possible, because if I find you after this, I'm kicking your ass. You hear a ding as the elevator doors open and the industrialists come out uh, and they're all carrying some crates and they dump the crates on the ground and you just see they're full of everyone's equipment. So like Bert starts putting on his helmet and Wraith puts on kind of a, like a jumpsuit type thing. Brigand's putting on like his, his glove. Crystal Tiger finally turns back into Crystal. What about Serena? Oh, come on, dude. Am I not enough shit right now? This is what I'm worried about. Oh, yeah, so unleash it on me first. Thanks, bud. A set of long, flowing black and red robes trailing behind her. Serena also comes around, but she is actually still wearing her cuffs. Adrian just goes, sorry about that. And she flicks her wrist and the gloves pop off and the mouth guard decouples and falls to the ground. Adrian just looks around, makes a very pointed eye contact with everyone and goes, so we're in agreement? And everyone just kind of nods and goes, yeah. Very well. And they all go to get into the elevator. And uh, Ruby, while uh, while everyone is up on the roof and we just got introduced to, to Pam, not Regina, you get a call. And it's from Rickard. Hey, Ruby. I, uh, I got some bad news. I, I just got called in for a deposition. Um, I'm going to have to go on the stand about what happened last year. Rachel watched too much court TV. She didn't think they were going to get out of that. And I go, <sighs> not, it's not unexpected, but I'm sorry you have to go through that. Lewis said y'all might have to as well. Ruby, you are in the office of Dr. Bellum in another session. What are you talking about? My boyfriend's mom sent me this lovely gift, and it very sweet of her. She made me a quilt. I just, I feel guilty that we're still not entirely truthful with her, I guess. And I'm also not entirely truthful with my family about what Alan's job is. And in, in Ruby's head, or, you know, what I get up to. Okay, and now do you feel, is there any opportunity for you to perhaps come clean with Alan's mother, or your own family, even? There's not really a good way to come clean, because it's, I mean, some of the stuff, I don't know exactly everything that Alan does myself, because it's secret for a reason in, like, government sense. 
and I and I know that logically, but I guess it's hard to know that emotionally, if that makes sense. Hmm. Understood. Now, you told me before we this was another example of something you couldn't go into detail with me on, but that you have kind of an important event tomorrow. Yes, there's also some confidentiality about that. I'll have to recount a traumatic event during it. It has something to do with my friend who died when he, you know, came back after he had forgotten who he and everyone else was. I I'm, I think I'm expected to say neutral in expression or somewhat professional, which I worry will be a little difficult. And do you feel properly prepared for tomorrow? But I was saying that maybe union people from union have like gone over what they think that would that be accurate, RC? This is one of those things that like you can't get any coaching about like what's coming. As as much as I can be, I've gone over with my boyfriend things we think could be said, but I'm not going to know until the day of. Of course, of course. Well, Dr. Bellum checks his watch. So I think that's about time for us today. Perhaps you will be able to go into more detail or we can recount those events at our next session. Uh, definitely. Or I hope so. It's it's hard to say with my life sometimes. Regardless, should I have Kathy schedule another session? Go ahead. That's a good idea. All righty. Will do. Whatever it is, good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Appreciate that. What do you do now? I guess I leave therapist's office. You know what? Ruby wants a milkshake. So I don't, is there a store I would go and get that, particularly at Riverside? Because I just decided that on the top of my head. Can I name it? Sure, go for it. Monty's Milkshakes. They bring all the boys to the yard. <laughs> this is canon now. Yeah, so you can absolutely go to Monty's Milkshakes. Uh, do you do, are you doing anything else? I, I think I'm getting them to go, and I, I also get a milkshake for Bethany. Okay, so you're heading home? Yeah. And Yardak and Laserhawk, what are y'all up to? You said this was how long after the uh, building? Got a little over a week later. After the Earth Day March and seeing what the eco-friends had to say, I was obviously a bit interested in their message because being from the ocean, I, I want to protect the environment that I'm from. And even that on land now that I'm here. So I wanted to kind of get a little bit more information on them and see what they're about. Maybe I might be interested. Yeah, I'm going to have you roll an, investi an investigation check then. Uh, it's going to be 18 and 7, so 25. Okay. Yeah, you're able to find a lot of public information on the eco-friends. They're kind of a known entity. They got their start in Riverside. As far as you can tell, like, you know, they're trying to pass bills in Connecticut, they are lobbying Congress, they're, you know, really trying to make bold moves on, on climate issues, um, particularly, like, in regards to uh, renewable energy. Now, are you trying to, like, become part of that organization or, or get meetings with them as a, as a you know, because you are, like, a form of government official? Yeah, kind of, like, go to a meeting, check it out, see if it'd be something I'd be more interested in, but kind of more just like a there if needed slash could use me being a public figure to help further messages and things 
What about Laserhawk? What are you up to? All right, okay, now the important thing you gotta keep in mind about The Great Gatsby is that ultimately the whole thing is about how a lifestyle of riches and fame and excess is ultimately gonna be unfulfilling. There's gotta be more. You understand? Yeah, Dad, I, I got it, I think. Look, I'll be honest, wasn't my favorite book when I was in high school, but not the most egregious thing I've ever read. At least there's not an asshole, like, holding Caulfield in this one. But you're gonna do great. You're gonna nail that test. I believe in you, kid. All right, Dad. Well, thanks for taking the time to, to go over it with me. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad you know all these old books. Well, you know, I've read a couple things in my day. Are, are you gonna call me again next week, or...? Absolutely. Sooner if you need me, kid. Alright, Dad. I'm gonna go play some games with my friends. Do it up. Love you, buddy. Love you, too. Bye. Bye-bye. So, you just got off the phone with your son, and what are you up to now for the day? Uh, tossing back a bottle of whiskey because I'm not looking forward to tomorrow at all. You recently had, uh, they didn't find you at the laser hut, but you had someone, like, track you down to give you a summons? Yeah, well, you know... I didn't think anyone would find me on that rooftop. Yeah, the district attorney's office is real dedicated in this town. <laughs> yeah, turns out maybe I shouldn't have been on the roof. And I guess it's a good time to remind you as well, Yardak, that you also have a summons for tomorrow to the federal court in Riverside. Ooh, love that. Now, are we talking drinking enough? Are you going to show up hungover or inebriated? I'm not going to show up hungover or inebriated, but... Oh, nah, be still drunk and just fight them. Be like, no, you tell me where you were. <laughs> as fun as that sounds, no. Yeah, certainly nothing bad could come from fighting the literal government. <laughs> Look, as in character as that sounds, I'm just gonna casually drink about it tonight. Tomorrow I might get fucked up, but tonight we're just casually drinking about it. Okay, what have you been up to for the past week in between the events with uh, the eco-terrorists and, and now? Uh, same thing as we always are, RC. Trying to defend the North End. Have you been in contact at all with Pam? I imagine that she's probably joined me on a couple of patrols. I, I don't know, balls in the kids' court on this one. I'm gonna say, yeah, yeah, you've probably joined on, together on like one or two, but... You're not a uh, texting buddies, I wouldn't say. You know, you're not a uh, how's your day going kind of kind of relationship. Right. The Hornet has not become my sidekick. No. I'm going to switch back over to Yardak. When it comes to these meetings, you you know said you were going to try and maybe go to one of them and get some FaceTime. Are you doing this incognito at all? Like, are you like the first meeting that you go to? Are you going as Yardak very publicly, or are you like throwing on a jacket and covering up the gills? You know, trying to not be noticed. I mean, not, like, incognito, but I'm also going casually. Regular clothes, a jacket, walking in. Because if you wear your Atlantean garb, people will notice you. You are, that is one of your complications. You are famous. Yeah. So, like, not incognito, but wearing, like, real people clothes. I want you to roll either a stealth or deception check. Oh, they're both nine. Doesn't matter. I guess I'll do stealth then. No, deception. I'm, yeah, deception. So it's a uh, 14 plus 9, and then add 3, 23. I would say you, if you do not want to be noticed right now, you are just blending in, you know. Someone might come up to you and say, hi, we haven't seen you around, you know, uh, are you interested? And they'll give you some literature, and you listen to them talk, but, you know, like I said, unless you're really 
making the effort to be like, I am Yardak, no one really catches on to who you are. Cool. Just the way I want it. Now, are y'all going to meet up at all before uh, in the morning? Because, like, you're you're expected to be there at, like, you know, pretty bright and early 9 a.m. Yeah, it makes sense if we met up out front beforehand. Yeah, just, like, right out front, not, like, anywhere in specific. I was going to say, do any of you have a car? I have laser feet. Can Yardak, like, surf there? Yardak could definitely uh, fly himself on some water if he was really determined, you know, make an ice slide if needed. Nah, I don't want to draw too much attention to myself on the day of a big court thing, so... I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'll just text Ruby and ask her to pick me up on the way. Well, I'm going to pick Yardak up right now. The van just looks like the normal van. But before I get to the courthouse, so if people see me, like, driving into the courthouse, I'm going to turn it into, like, the visual aid mobile. Is that what we call that? The visual van? The visual van? I like Ooh, that. yeah, the VV. Yardak gets in. I'm I'm not playing the usual exactly like fun mix. I'm playing some more low key music because uh uh Ruby's you know a little jittery. Not every day you go in front of a fucking like tribunal thing. Tribunal. <laughs> I don't was that right? I mean, I guess it could feel like that, but you don't know like who exactly you're going to be seeing, just like where you're supposed to be. Yeah, so that's even more nerve wracking. So, like I said, more low-key music. Rickard is definitely doing better, by the way, but his leg is not fully healed. Otherwise, he would have taken his motorcycle in. He also wants to take, to ride with. Okay, yeah, so I... Then Alan is also in the van. So is Laserhawk laser-hopping himself? Of course. Damn loner. Yardak wanted to stay chill, and, Yard and Laserhawk is like, Pogo stick there! Laser feet. I'm wearing my nice jeans to court today. I'm in a, like, kind of professional version of the visual aid costume. Like, it's still a black dress, but there's, like, a blazer, but I still have a mask. Yardak throws on the tux that he wore with Betsy the one time. Oh, yeah, that's right. I just kept it. Wait, did, is it an actual tux? So I would love an explanation, like, Ruby trying to explain that a tux is too fancy. Is Yardak wearing his normal Atlantean garb, or is he wearing, like, the suit that you wore that Betsy gave you for the party many moons ago? Oh, the, the suit, 100%. It's always the question when you change your outfit up if, if you keep the spear or not. Yeah, it's who I am, yeah. We need to make, like, a collapsible version of that. Gotta talk to the uh, the Atlantean engineers about that one. Good luck getting that through the metal detector. It's made of, uh, it's made of like, supreme uh, bone alloy or something. Make it out of fiberglass. It's made of globulium. <laughs> so the three... Uh, that are Yardak, Ruby, and Rickard all show up. Laserhawk lands. We are now in, in the visual van. And yeah, you're you're pretty much right outside of the uh, Riverside City Courthouse. I, I just thought of something. Are people going to start wondering, they're like, why is that one agent always with visual aid? Now I'm like wondering if there's going to be like gossip magazines about that. That's something you should uh, you should definitely think about in terms of uh, incognito-ness. Um, and also, yes, there are press outside of the courthouse. I think I probably drive the van to, I guess, a parking lot and then walk in. Yeah, there's like an attached parking garage. You can get validated for your parking if needed. Do I'm assuming I have to walk by press at some point, right? Yeah, there's a lot of cameras going off. It's like, you know, uh, Rocky Balboa steps that you have to go up and there's like a bunch of cameras and whatnot. I would say like the press pool is not huge. I'd say it's maybe... Like, you know, five reporters, five camera people, couple NPR folks with giant ass microphones. 
And I also, this would be, I would imagine that Ruby's hair, which is, I feel like is usually down, is probably back in some kind of professional ponytail right now. Mine's not. Ruby's really trying to like, you know, trying to stick to the letter of like, you're going to court. <laughs> Here's how. And I think it's actually kind of funny that Laserhawk, someone who has probably been to court many times. Let's put it this way. <laughs> I put more effort into going to uh, Ruby's film thing than I put into going to court today. I'm not even wearing the button down. I, I would imagine that. Ruby's like tried to like tell us like you bought the button down. Just wear it. You own it. I know you do. So you're heading up the stairs, presser like Yardak, Yardak, Laserhawk, Laserhawk, visual aid, visual aid. Act like I didn't land at the top of the stairs. You act like I'm gonna walk up them. Come on, bud. Channel 7's intrepid reporter Sean Ortega saw you land and and fucking bolted. She like got like she no offense kind of ignored Yardak and Ruby when when you landed. Fair enough. She's like, I'm going I'm going for the story that's trying harder not to be a story. <laughs> Good job, Shauna. Shauna puts in the work. Uh, and yeah, she approached you. Laserhawk, Laserhawk, are you also here for today's proceedings? Nah. I heard that the cafeteria was doing meatloaf today. Cafeteria here sucks. I don't recommend it. Are you here to give emotional support to Yardak and Visual Aid? Or are you uh, also being questioned? Give me, the real, give me the real deal. I'm here as part of the questioning, Ortega. Are you worried at all about uh, what, what they may ask of you? Nope. Do you intend to defend Union uh, as, as part of these proceedings? Or will you? Or do you feel that uh, they need to be brought to task as the federal court does? Ms. Ortega, I intend to go in there and answer the questions I have been asked truthfully and honestly. Any bias that may come out one way or the other is strictly based on the events that happened that fateful day. She cocks an eyebrow. This isn't the first time you've uh, had to give a line to a reporter, is it? I see that you've done your research, Miss Ortega. You can't blame a girl for trying. Uh, and that's when she, uh, her and her cameraman kind of step away. Uh... And as she walks away, off the record, I'm willing to sing like a bird to you. I like you, Ortega. And I walk inside the courtroom. Yardak and Ruby, do you uh, do anything as you're heading up the stairs? Do you address the press at all? No. I'm, I'm going to be like, uh, just kind of panic, be like, I don't know what I'm allowed to say, and just go, bye! Okay. Visual? Uh, I think Ruby says, uh, I'm assuming Ruby from, like, her time doing the superhero thing probably recognizes a couple people. Good morning, good morning to a couple people, but not really say anything. Also, I take it back. I'm supposed to be an ambassador. I should be ambassadoring. Okay. And I will just kind of hold up a hand as, like, one, a greeting, and also, like, shut the fuck up. Greetings, everyone. We're here to give whatever information to the court that might be necessary to figure out this whole mess. I have full faith in Union. They are good people, and I have not regretted working with them any step of the way. I've had great partners, and we will see what happens. As you get to the top, there are some uh, security officers who are kind of like keeping the press back because it is like a closed door session. The the four of you are able to enter in. Rickard, uh, using his uh, stealthy spy skills, did sort of like avoid the press, like kind of separated from y'all to... Hobbled on in. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe him with an injured leg had to take a fucking elevator. <laughs> yeah, he had to take an elevator, so he like, you know, basically separated to one, draw away attention, and two, you know, because of his injury. 
And so when you meet up inside, you also see Agent Kevin Lewis looking very concerned. As you walk up, the he tries to he masks it a little bit, but he definitely has a look of concern overall. Not a very tense demeanor. Agent Lewis, I kind of try to give a small reassuring smile. Visual aid, thank you for, for coming. Of course. I was like, I, I was summoned by the government. I didn't really have much of a choice. He, he kind of leans in and whispers, if I'm really honest, I'm surprised uh, Balea showed up. So is he. <laughs> I think he's a little bit more respect for the law than he wants anyone to think. Don't tell him I told you. Oh, what's that? The vet ex-cop showed up to court? What a fucking surprise. <laughs> See, I don't know that Kevin Lewis would know that information, though. If you let me roll an investigation check to hear this, I will respond with that in character. I would do that as a perception. No, wasn't Kevin Lewis the one that would like didn't like Laserhawk in the beginning because he knew who Laserhawk is? Kevin Lewis absolutely knows who you are and knows your background. Oh, well, I just rolled a mat one, so... Yeah, I don't think you heard shit. Uh, meanwhile, I'm walking around thinking, man, is the meatloaf really that bad here? Yeah, you did not hear anything. And you see gentleman coming down the hall. Looks like he has like two assistants with him. He's wearing a very nice suit. He has a pair of reading glasses. He's like putting them on, looking at documents, signing, handing it to one assistant, getting another document from another one, like just continually walking. Do we recognize him? You do not. But with how tense Lewis just got, you can tell he does. I want to lean over to Lewis. Like, what's the skinny on this guy? You seem to know him. Douglas Pennington. He's the district attorney who's overseeing the case. Good guy? Bad guy? I mean, the case, uh, the government's case is that Union, I think they want to see us under new management. Their management. Probably. Or if not their own, you know, uh, uh, a puppet. puppet that they can, they can dictate to. They never really liked the fact that Markovic and Betsy have been so independent. Fun. So, not necessarily a bad guy, but bad for us guy? Precisely. Great. I keep expecting you to say Douglas Pennington III, and I don't know why. Yeah, you know, that tracks. All right, fine, yeah, he's Douglas Pennington III now. And then Pennington approaches you and goes, Visual Aid, Laserhawk, Yardak, thank you all for showing up today. Howdy-ho. Counselor? Is that? I don't know. I got that from TV. Douglas will do. Ruby's a little taken aback, but he said Douglas and not, like, his last name. The third? Mr. The Third, if you will. <laughs> and he actually cocks an eyebrow and he looks over. Agent Rickard, you're here again. You're not on today's list. Are we supposed to be Agent Rickard now? No, but I was going to have y'all, like, interject if you wanted to, just so I don't end up talking to myself if I can avoid it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ruby just, like, gets, I think Ruby's trying to hide the fact she's blushing. And as Ruby is blushing and stammering, I'm going to say, Rickard has worked with us since day one at Union. Of course he's here to support us. Literally day one. Yeah. Literally day one. Got bashed in the head and then he was out for a couple of days in between, but... <laughs> but his body has been there. He has been there, body and spirit, the whole time. Yep. Body or <laughs> spirit the whole time. That's when Rickard just goes, yeah, I'm just uh, here to lend some, uh, some, some emotional support uh, to my friends. Yes, we're, uh, we're, we're friends with Agent Rickard. And they were roommates. Ruby, you're as subtle as a Las Vegas advertisement. Well, the funny thing is, Ruby is, is actually good at lying, but I've decided at this moment she's just, like, 
I think you're also not used to lying to, like, you know, uh, a federal prosecutor. A federal prosecutor pointing out the fact, why is her boyfriend here? And not knowing it's her boyfriend. It's a very weird, like... Pennington leans over to his assistant. Oh, they definitely fucking... Can he tell that, like... This doesn't actually occur. Uh, And at that moment, the door opens, and an older woman peeks her head out. She is wearing judge's robes. Presumably she is a judge. That would make sense. It is Smith, Judge Judy. And this is when you finally took notice of the door you were standing in front of. It was for District Court Judge Margaret Lynch. Not the last name I've loved for my judge. Uh, yes, and Judge Lynch leans out and says, All right, a lot of you are here now. Come on in. I guess I go into the courtroom. Going, going in. I think Ruby's like, I expected that to be way more formal. And I, I do the, I don't know what motion it is where you like take the, like the ends of your jacket and like kind of. Oh, you're like adjust your lapel. Judge Lynch gestures you all into her chambers. I mosey on in. We're going in the chambers first? Yeah. Okay. All right. I presume you've all been briefed on, on what's going on here. I was like, I, I, I haven't. Uh, no. <sighs> all right. Well, Union is under investigation for the events in Riverside City that you participated in. You are not under any particular investigation for your own actions. However, your testimony will help us determine whether or not further action is taken. Yes, ma'am. This is slightly informal, slightly formal. It is going to be recorded, but we will not be following standard uh, court rules. We're not, this does not involve a trial uh, in front of a jury. Do we not your honor? Oh, man, I was going to try to win people over to my side. Do you say that out loud? Yeah. I have an idea, which is that Ruby showed him 12 Angry Men. And she actually looks at you, Yardak, and says, the only person you have to worry about winning over is me. I don't expect you to charm me. I expect you to give me the facts as we ask for them uh, and nothing but. Understood? Yes, Your Honor. Yes, ma'am. I just give a nod. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. I have asked Agent Lewis to be here as a sort of intermediary uh, on your behalf as someone who is more familiar with these proceedings. Yes, Your Honor. So the real question becomes, do you wish to do this as a group or individually? As a group. Group. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone can have a seat. And you can see there's quite a few chairs in this room that have been laid out. Uh, she has like a big oak desk that she has, that goes around and sits behind. When you look around the room, you see there are quite a few bookshelves. There are quite a bit of honors that have been just bestowed upon her. You do see a few images that look like her shaking hands with presidents and whatnot. You know, she's definitely been in this position for quite a while. I take a seat, whichever one looks squashiest. I'm imagining, like, maybe that Ruby ends up sitting between Laserhawk and Yardak. Okay. Rickard comes in and takes a seat more off to the side. For now, at least, Lewis is standing behind y'all. The two assistants have left, and it is just uh, Pennington the third. And he is sitting off to, like, you're all more off to the judge's right side. He is on the left side. Alrighty, let's crack this egg. I'm ready to start when you are, Counselor. And Pennington takes off his reading glasses, slips them in his uh, jacket pocket, straightens his tie. For something like this, would we, or should we have a lawyer? <laughs> Alright, who would like the first question? Sure, lay it on me. Yardek. Do you feel that your relationship with Union biases your thoughts on these proceedings? I would say no, especially as I was kind of, uh, I didn't really trust most of them in the first place. 
And yet you said very publicly, though, just moments beforehand that uh, you stand with them and you you're defending their actions that occurred in Riverside. Yes, because I believe that they didn't do any wrong and tried to contain threats the best they could, as I did as well, being a part of them. And after working with them for as long as I have, you learn to trust these people that you're working with. And they've proven time and again that they are looking out for the interest of those in the city. I mean, imagine what happened if Union wasn't there to interfere and, you know, stop giant tidal waves trying to crash the city. Other, I don't know, bad guys from killing Jack and Johnny on their way down the street. The city's getting kind of rough, and it doesn't really seem to be much that's being done to stop it. So we are putting our foot in there where we can. Interesting. And it's interesting you, you bring up that topic, Yardak, given that you know many of the events that have occurred, you, you could, in some ways, attribute to Union bringing them on. You know, uh, I believe it was Yardane would not have attacked Riverside had you not been connected with Union in this area. There would not have been a grouping of superpowered threats in Riverside had Union not gathered them there. They would have been elsewhere, though. Does that make that okay? Yardag lives here because this is, like, where um, he is, like, set as an ambassador, right? Not because Union's here. That's a question we've never actually addressed as to, like, why he specifically has set up in Riverside. I, I'd say, yeah, it's m- mostly because of Union, I would imagine... Oh, because, yeah, if, if Ruby knew that for sure, Ruby might interject and be like, Yardak doesn't live here because Union is here. Yardak would have been here whether or not Union was here. And visual aid. Yes, sir? You know, speaking of the events, what efforts from your perspective were taken to secure Echo Base as a, a safe place to, to, you know, maintain so many superpowered threats? I believe every effort was taken. However, bombing, while there are superheroes like us, there are unfortunately people with our types of powers on the other sides and some traitors in myths. And just move on past that. No, no, it's wonderful that you brought that up. That was actually going to lead to my question, my next question uh, about what was your relationship with Dr. Sloan Matthews? More familiar than I would care to. And you and Union, those who work alongside, you know, being entrusted with the safety and security of Riverside City and and cities and places across the world, were close, closer than you said, you know, you perhaps in hindsight would have liked. But you were close with these individuals and took no notice to their actions and their deceptions. I would like to point out, I did not work with Dr. Matthews on a day-to-day basis. I was friendly with him. However, do you sit around and wonder if every one of your co-workers is out to, to betray you in some way? That would be a truly odd way to go around life. Ruby asks the DA. Sort of paranoid. Well, Visual Aid, I do not work for a paramilitary spy organization, but I do understand where you're coming from on that. We'll, we'll move on. We'll come back to Dr. Matthews at a later time if needed. Laserhawk, you've been quiet. Just waiting for a question, sir. Well, then here is one. What brought you to Riverside City? Lynch is just kind of, kind of sitting back, fingers clasped together, just listening very intently, not really showing any reaction on her face to these lines of questioning. <sighs> I was in pursuit of the criminal, Midnight Hydra, 
as well as his associates known as the Midnight Gang. Their crime spree brought them to Riverside City. I was here to stop them. Once he was taken care of, I liked it here. And I figured that the city would benefit from having me around. Understood. Do you feel as though Union was taking proper precautions and, and security measures to hold the people that they had incarcerated? Mr. Pennington, I can tell you as the individual who was down there when the escape in question took place that all possible precautions were not only taken but done exemplarily, extraordinarily well. The cells were top of the line. There was no way that they would have possibly been able to get out of them without some form of outside interference. Alright, and you say they were taking exemplary measures. Do you think that it was proper that they held a, and he checks his notes, Mr. Ulrich Ivanson in those cells alongside your enemies, despite the fact that he had long since been declared a non-threat? Until we knew 100% that he could be trusted, yes. I would want to point out that oh, Mr. Ivanson was not being held captive against his will. He chose to remain in in Union's care of his own free will. It's not a question of, uh, of Mr. Ivanson being in Union's care or custody. It is more that of all the places they kept him, they kept him alongside improper influences, let's say. And how many rooms with cells do you imagine that these kind of places have? They might seem like they're endless, but they aren't. Well, then that would indicate to me that there were precautions and, and processes not being taken care of and put in place. And that, I believe, is the people's stance as well. I mean, pres prison guards are directly next to the prisoners. Is that improper care? No, the question is whether or not Ivanson deserved uh, more accommodations better suited for his particular needs. And visual aid just let you know that Mr. Ivanson remained there because he wanted to. He was never captive. He, in fact, went out with us on multiple occasions for dinner. And then every night had to sleep next to some of the world's most notorious criminals. And he never had any objections about that. So why do you? I'm not going to remain on the topic of Mr. Ivanson much longer. All I am saying is that he had been with Union for over a year, had his abilities from all records shown to be brought under control, and yet was seemingly required to remain in a place that is not meant for guests so much as captives. I will say somewhat under control. I would say him being completely under control would be relatively recently. Yes, and, and you yourself also say seemingly, and uh, may I remind you, correlation is not causation. It's very funny to me how, like, you are one of the people, Dan, who really said, I can't believe we make him live down here. Yeah, but now I gotta defend it. <laughs> You're putting me on the opposite side. I gotta fight. Laserhawk, having had an opportunity to work along Union, do you believe they should be allowed to continue operating in the same manner? With pretty much unlimited jurisdiction? Without any oversight? I believe that any organization with any amount of power does need a certain level of accountability to it. 
do I trust the same force that dictates the police and the army to dictate what Union does? No, sir. I would not. I believe I uh, have asked most of the questions that I am interested in asking at this time. And that's when Lynch says, all right, does anyone have anything they would like to add as I consider these proceedings going forward? I just want to point out every union agent I worked with on that day, with the exception of Dr. Matthews, of course, went above and beyond to protect the city. Well, thank you very much for your input. From what I've gathered from your opinions of Union and its operation, it seems as though it's not the fact that you are disapproving of what Union is doing, it's just that you want to have a say in it. Me personally? You or and the people that you are representing, being the police, the army, the military, etc., etc. And the citizens of the United States in the federal court in the District of Connecticut, yes. Because the people would have a say at that point, no, it wouldn't be the people. Jardak, while I can appreciate what Union has done, it is, without saying, they have defended the planet. It is just something to be said about an organization with almost no oversight, independent funding, and their own failures that led to this city being overrun with numerous threats. And that's when Lynch uh, steps in and says, all right, I believe that's enough for today. That's when Lewis gestures for you to follow him, and uh, you're dismissed by Judge Lynch. I follow. As do I. I. I assume my boyfriend comes with us. Yeah, he's hobbling. Hey out there. We are in it. The moment the heroes have been dreading the depositions. And you are right there with them experiencing all the high-octane thrills of court bureaucracy. Going to take a moment to shout out a review of ours that appeared on Apple Podcasts from Richie113. This is such a good podcast, you can genuinely see that a lot of love and work has gone into each and every episode. I have been looking for a Mutants and Masterminds podcast or stream to listen to, and this one immediately drew me in. I'm totally into it. Thanks for the kind words, Richie. A reminder to anyone listening that your review of our show could also be read out loud. You can leave it on podchaser.com or on Apple Podcasts, and we'll be sure to see it. Now for one last ad from another member of the team about a newly released project. Hey guys, Rachel here. As some of you may know, one of my favorite TV shows is Psych, which is celebrating its 15th anniversary this year. So it seems like the perfect time to announce my new podcast, I've seen it both ways. In this podcast, me and my friend, hopefully joined by some guests, will be watching all of the TV show Psych, along with the pieces of media that have influenced it. I'm really looking forward to sharing this with y'all, and I really hope you like it. You can find a link to the new show at masksandmayhem.com support. For now, let's get back to the game. Lewis does not look at ease. I'm honestly not sure how that went. Um, I feel like my mind is just buzzing from anxiety. Yeah, I'm also not certain of how things went. I, I appreciate your efforts, though, to, to stand up for what we're doing. Of course. And I think uh, Rickard pops in and says, I think that one way better than mine. Ooh, man, yours must have been rough. I got a lot of pointed questions that did not uh, make me look good. 
Well, you always look good to me. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining Kevin Lewis is being like, ugh. No, Kevin Lewis rolls his eyes. And what do you all do next? Uh, can I go back to drinking? Uh, I suppose. Let's go to the bar across the street from my apartment. She yells in the court. <laughs> Y'all want to go to Jack's? Yes. Go to Jack's to get some Jack. Sounds like a good time after today. Hard to agree. Exactly. Lewis, you want to come? After a day like today, yes. Oh, are we about to get shit-faced with the boss? This is awkward. Bet she's the boss. Lewis is above Rickard, but he is not your boss's. Eh, I feel like that Ruby would know that Alan's cool with him enough to have a drink with him. Alan seems fine about it. Yeah, Lewis is going to drive his uh, nice, economical Honda Civic. <laughs> Rickard will just hop in the van with you. And what about Laserhawk? Yeah, in the sake of being incognito, I guess I'm going to hop in the van and, like, take off the leather jacket and mask and leave those in the car. Never mind, mask goes in the back pocket. Who the fuck am I kidding? There might be a bar fight which involves laser fists. Visual aid, wipe away my mask. And I, I think I just kind of take the blazer off and let my hair down, and that's that's my look. Um, yeah, you make your way to the pub without issue. Normal Wednesday evening. Nothing too exciting going on. Jack, of course, is there. He's looking a little haggard. Hey, hey, Jack, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm just, uh, I'm gonna have to hire a new bartender. It's, it's. I thought I could handle it on my own, but it's, it's getting to be, it's getting to be pretty rough. Ooh, can we uh, recommend Pam and have this like be her like base, not base, but like her like hub, and where she like gets information, like like uh, what you call it, the the Roadhouse and uh, Supernatural. Yeah, let's put the vigilante who's already lost one bartender through that all over again with the exact same persona. Nothing could go wrong there. Well, if Robert kills two hornets, then he's the cause of the bee decline. Personally, are you okay with having that on your shoulders? All those tiny, tiny deaths? I'll make a bee-based villain. <laughs> or a seal punch a bee. He doesn't give a fuck. If I hear about anyone looking for work, I'll send them your way. <laughs> Gotta call up Ruth. I seem to attract vagrants and vagabonds. I'll keep an ear out for you, Jack. Thank you very much, Brock. I... I'll keep that in mind whenever you recommend someone. <laughs> I'm not going to recommend you a bad vagrants or vagabonds. Big oof. All right, so you're at the pub. What are you doing? Drinking. Heavily. Yeah. Whiskey sour! All right, whiskey sour for, for Ruby. Jack slides it down the bar to you. I want a frozen Mai Tai. You're really making Jack work for his money today. I like the fancy drinks. It's, I think it's funny because it's like... Atlantean military man is like, I want the drink with the umbrella. I like the juxtaposition there. What about Laserhawk? Straight four horsemen. All right. Ugh. It's been a day. Laserhawk trying to get fucked up. Probably texted Bethany and said we were drinking here, by the way. If Bethany wanted Bethany to walks in. She's doing a social live. Hey, y'all. Coming to my favorite bar. Don't introduce her to Kevin Lewis because she'll like him and date and then he becomes a bad guy. Oof. I, yeah, I, in my head, I was like, I want to, like, pair up Bethany with someone, but fucking last time, Arcee's fucking scarred me. Fucking me, douchebag. Oh, no, I, I thought it meant, like, more rom romantic prospects. Fuck you. You're way too old for Ruby. How old is Laserhawk again? Uh, he's somewhere in his 30s, probably close to 40s by now. 
Yeah, and Ruby's in her mid- No, I'm not talking about Ruby, I'm talking about Bethany, Jesus. Bethany's my age, but we're, like, college friends. She's, like, Bethany's, like, 23, 24. You're right, you don't know, you don't know what, uh, what Bethany's preferred age range is. We haven't discussed that. Look, all I'm saying is I'd like to be part of the conversation sometimes. (laughs) If I get friends in their 30s, I'll introduce them to you. Oh, great. Give me someone who's just in as shitty of a place in their life as I am. Thank you. Her name is, uh, her name is Renee, and, uh, she's a tattoo artist. Unfortunately, she doesn't make a lot of money doing that, so she has to share a studio. Oh, God, stop. She's starting to sound like my type. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're drinking. Bethany shows up doing social, gets off the social video. So I would imagine that Bethany does know who Lewis is. Probably from you, you know, talking about him, I'm sure. Yeah. But I would imagine that you take one look at Lewis and be like, that is an agent. <laughs> Yeah, even even when he is not on the clock, he just very much he has that vibe. How old is Kevin Lewis? I have no idea. I'm realizing. Kevin Lewis would be let me see if I can find it real quick. Ah, he is thirty seven. Uh sorry, sorry, this was actually a while, so he's probably like thirty nine now. Oh, then no, he's not really good age range for Bethany. Unless you know what, Bethany can make her own choices. Yeah, he's slightly older than Laser Hawk then. How old is Alan Rickard? I don't remember. Uh, Rickard is... I never filled in his age, so we're gonna say... He's probably actually slightly younger than you. Oh, that's not how I'd imagined it. <laughs> Oop. Yeah, he's gonna be like a year, maybe a year or two younger than you. Is that lawyer always just kind of a dick, or is that just kind of his job? My understanding of Pennington is he's always been really dedicated to the job. It's just, you know, I wish that he was dedicated to a different one right now. That's fair. I'm not here to deny that we, you know, really messed up, but... I'm just worried about whatever the uh, end result of if Judge Lynch decides to uh, really make a decision that'll change up Union. I just, I don't know. Also, it was weird that he told me to call him Douglas, right? That's just her checking the vibe with everybody. As opposed to Pennington. I wouldn't say he's the most formal of individuals, but... Oh. I don't know. He seemed formal in there, so... Really, at the end of the day, the, the one that I am most worried about is Betsy. Have you heard from her recently? She has kind of uh, been a little isolated. She's been under the gun more than any of us. You know, she's this is you you this is your first one, but she's been through quite the ringer. You know, not not just with Pennington and Lynch either. You know, she's gotten calls. You know, from the UN Security Council and uh, and and the president, and it's just been. Will she be uh, asked to come in to give her side as well? She already has multiple times. Ooh. Are you having to, like, pull in agents that are, like, out on special assignments? I I know you can't tell us exactly what Myra's up to, but is she okay? As far as I'm aware, Myra is fine. Uh, I believe they did a, a remote interview with her, but because she wasn't here the day of, you know, hers was more of a character witness, if anything. That makes sense. Yeah, Gemini has been pulled in multiple times. Frank, of course. Uh, you know, especially with uh, him being in charge of engineering and everything that happened with the... Uh, with the cells going down and the cuffs being potentially modified. I I know he wasn't here, but I also forgot his name. Who was the British dude who left? Oh, uh, Price. The one who knew Reyna? Yeah. Yes. Jeremy Price. I go, is Price okay? I, I know he's not in the US anymore, so he might not be under the same scrutiny. He's also catching a little bit of heat, but only because, you know, he had also been in charge of Echo Base in particular for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of keeping up to date with their security. 
I'm catching a ton of shit in that those those are the people those people reported to me. Price reported to Lewis. Frank did not, uh, and Lydia reported to Lewis. Uh, have we heard any whereabouts on Serena? Last I heard, Mira was trying to find her, but she's gone underground. hasn't caused any problems, but that's a problem in and of itself. I would say that's almost more worrisome. Oh, I assure you that's possibly the one that they are most concerned about, you know, that we didn't recapture. Yeah, I'm not sure I like her out there with her weird, I like this one thing. Disconcerting. Just a lot. (laughs) Have you ever met the crafter? Yeah, I've never heard that. What? The fuck is that? Yeah. It's been a while since Laserhawk's gotten to say that. I'm actually going to have everyone roll either a Pop culture check, I guess, in Ruby's case, or a uh, a general intellect check. You said intellect? You said pop culture, right? Six. Twenty-one. Uh, Sixteen. Nine. Is Twenty-five overall. Uh, yeah, I would say you all have heard of him. Uh, Ruby probably knows the most about him, but the crafter is Riverside City's, like, one of their most known heroes. He's been taken on a more global and interdimensional reach. But essentially, he is a, uh, his main thing is that he builds things, um, and specifically, he built a pair of gauntlets that generate portals and can be used for, like, telekinesis. Uh, however, they got fused to his hands. Oh. That, uh, doesn't seem like a good thing. I think the thing that, well, the thing that Ruby would know about him that not as many people know, uh, that accident rendered him more or less, uh, immortal. Oh. How the fuck? No, when I started working in Riverside City is when he started going to space more. Everybody's a little jealous. <laughs> to be fair, your like one of your first adventures was in space. I did go to space, but not enough. Oh, that would make sense. It was around that same time. Well, he was among the heroes that helped capture the Quarnian. Good shit. As well as Serena. Ah. Uh, he was called in. Mostly gave us uh, good marks as a character witness. He has not been thrilled with those particular escapes. Did the Quarian also escape? Well, no, 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 not, uh, the Quarian was the alien, the shape-shifting alien. Uh, no, it got recaptured and then transferred out of Riverside. But, like, it had, it escaped, that's what led to your first adventure with Union. Oh, right. So it makes sense that I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about right now, I've got it. They're really trying to get an overview of Union as a whole, not just with that particular incident, but other ones as well. You know, when, when Emily Hahn broke in, to the base was another incident they've been pointing to. Yeah, we managed to capture her after that. Yeah, that was before my time. There was a guy who got a there was a guy who got a hand through him that's not, you know, not particularly happy about it. Did he die? No, he's alive. He did survive. He's fine. I wouldn't go that far. Are you prepared if they call you back in again? Oh, I reckon so. As prepared as I can be. I just feel like this isn't the end of it, especially since you were there in the thick of it. Yeah, I had a feeling I could call back in. I mean, this is really the thing that's going to determine whether Echo Base gets fully shuttered or not. I really am not feeling super confident on that front. That may be a uh, compromise along the way to otherwise satiate their requests. <sighs> that would that would be very unfortunate. And Jack, four more horsemen. Four more of them? Well, you know, there's four horsemen per glass. So yeah, so you want four separate drinks? You know what? Yes, 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 this is what I want. (laughs) Oh god, okay, so we're looking to get our stomachs pumped tonight. 
I have a ruby to drive me home. And a yard act to heal your hangover. They bring all four of them, and Ruby just takes one of them. Have fun drinking that swill. Ruby went to college in a big city, and she just, uh, she just drinks it as fast as she can to, like, get that done with. Bethany's there, chug, 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 chug. And then I drink some water, because I do need a chaser. As Laserhawk sips his. Bethany orders a Long Island iced tea. Chug, 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 chug. Are you doing anything else for us tonight? Are you, uh, are you going out on patrol at all, Laserhawk? I'm gonna send Pam a text and let her know, like, hey, it's been a day. Let me know if you need backup. And I think she just sends you, like, I'll be okay, old man, with, like, a, you know, a tongue out emoji. I just wanted you to know, just in case. You know how things can change on a dime. It's, it's been a pretty quiet night. I think things will be okay. All right, kid. What's about you? Head on a swivel. And I think Lewis just has, like, one, I think he predicts in a whiskey sour. I feel like he. I feel like he wouldn't have the sour mix. Why? I don't know. I just imagined him sipping on bourbon or something. No, no, he's gonna have the whiskey sour, and he uh, he dr- he finishes drinking it, and he checks his watch. He says, "All right, I think I'm calling it for tonight for me." Thanks for hanging out. You need me to know how to get a hold of me, Lewis. You need a ride home. Yeah, what the hell? I'll take you up on that. And he looks over at you, Yardak. Uh, I'll be fine with these guys. You can crash on the couch if you want. All right, Rickard, Yardak, Ruby, Miss Fletcher. Yeah, I think uh, him and Laserhawk head out. As I pound the last of my horsemen. Anything else happening at the bar? No. I'm just kind of hanging out, throwing some back. Unless something happens. Yeah, it's a pretty quiet night at the bar. You don't see Bill and Maury for once. They must be out doing something else, probably getting themselves into trouble. I think you're able to just go go get a good night's rest. Bethany does make a drunken live, though, and regrets it in the morning. That sounds about right. Oh, no. What is it? As long as she doesn't reveal any secret identities, I think we're cool. She's like literally just like spinning around like, I'm having so much fun tonight. I think that laser hawk guy's Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know for sure, but this guy I met, Brock... I think he might actually be, like, a celebrity. He looks so familiar. Oh, no! And you just hear Laserhawk in the background going, Seacrest out! <laughs> <laughs> like, and the worst part about it is, like, she keeps going, like, she's gonna wake up in the morning, there's multiple lives, because she kept turning it off and on and not realizing it. And there's no continuity between them, because she was, like, turning it off mid-sentence. Oh, boy. Those are the best. When you, like, wake up, and, like, your Instagram story is, like, piecing together the plot from Memento. And then uh, I'm imagining Bethany just being like, can I delete these? What? Can I delete these as well as the decisions I made last night? Be- Bethany definitely sent out some you up texts. Oof. To who? Because the last person we tried to ship her with. People you don't know. She has a life outside of you first off, <laughs> Ruby. Look, as long as it's not Beckett, I'm good. You can see a lot of must 69, 420. Oh. You know what? So the only people that are off limits are Beckett and uh, and Elon Musk. And Dr. Matthews. And Dr. Ma- I would really be surprised if she was able to text Dr. Matthews. Do we even have any fucking clue where Dr. Matthews actually is at this point? Let's roll an investigation check. Ooh. Eight overall. 22. 24. Okay. 
For some reason, they didn't tell Ruby. No, I, I was going to say, I think it's less that uh, they were the ones who found out. I think they let Yardak and Yardak know, and Yardak, and, and I think Laserhawk probably did his own investigation. They moved him to Stryker Prison, which is, uh, you know, uh, west of where, where Riverside City is. Dope. It's a prison primarily, you know, just for regular people, but it does, it did have a section for, like, those with powers. Not quite as heavy duty, I would say, as, like, sub-level four. I mean, Dr. Matthews doesn't have powers, so. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, they, 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 they consider him a threat on that same level, so they, they keep him in the same kind of location. Yeah, that checks out. What do y'all do the next day? If I still have a hangover, I ask Garadak to cure it. And I just do so late because I'm so used to it now. I just do it like lazily, like as I'm like stumbling to the bathroom. I just like walk by and like drag my hand over their face, like as I go by. And I just kind of assume that Alan just slept there. Yeah. Do you have a twin bed or do you have a full bed or? Oh, I might have had a twin bed. I think when we started, you originally had a twin bed. Yeah. Okay. I am. And now that Alan's around, she needs room. He's a tall guy. I have a ridiculous, like, well, it's not that ridiculous, but I have a slight retcon. It's actually a trundle bed. Oh, okay. So you, you pull out the little trundle on the bottom for him? I would imagine I would end up on the trundle. I don't I used to have a trundle bed that it would, like, I don't I don't know if most trundle beds are like this. It would, like, pull out the bed, and then it would pop up, and then it would... So we can say it's one of those, so, like, you pop it up, because I was going to say, if anything, he's the one with the injury, so... Yeah, if anything, I would make him sleep on the, like, better bed, and I would take, like, a couch, because he has an injury, and he's tall. The next day, Laserhawk, you get a text from Ulrich. Oh, okay. So far, so good. Hey, buddy. He's just checking in, because he heard about, like, you having to go in for questioning. Well, wasn't the most pleasant experience of my life, but I think yesterday went well enough, all things considered. Good, good. How have things been for you since Union fell apart? Uh, I've been fine. I have been, uh, they've been sending me from base to base. Well, I guess it's better than couch to couch. Since I've been finding many opportunities to work in the field and help people. It's good, man. Genuinely, I'm happy to hear that you're getting out doing shit. I, I hope that I can come back to Riverside sometime soon. You ever need a couch to crash on, I can make it happen. Thank you, my friend. Anytime, in the back of my head, yeah, I think Ruby would make me a couch. <laughs> and what is everyone doing in the morning? Uh, wake up, feed dogs on patrol. I, um, I guess, does Ruby have to go to her new job at all, ever? Nah, it's like a regular sitcom. You have one, but you don't ever go to it. I was gonna say, I would think that yesterday was a day off. Yeah. Unless you really want to have to explain your new job that you needed off for court. I was assuming it was the day off and that I had asked the court, like, hey, because secret identity stuff. I don't want to explain what I'm doing here. Because I'm, I'm a PA, though, so it's not like they would need, like, if they're not filming, they wouldn't necessarily need me. Uh, let's say, yeah, you have to go to work today. Okay, I'm imagining maybe I have a, like, I don't have to go to, like, 10 because they're not filming till then. It's indoor scenes today, so they're not, you know, not as worried about uh, lighting outside. It's space cadet. Most of it's indoors. <laughs> they're in space. So, sometimes there's random times where they have to go out to, like, planes and, do, and film a fight scene in makeup. So, yeah, you have to go to work today. Um, and you have to meet with your boss, uh, Derek. Hey, Yardak, do you need a, a ride home before I have to go to work? Because I assume I have to take the van to work. 
And I'm going to say, nah, today is just going to be as slow as it can be. I'll walk if I need to. First off, Riverside City has a robust transit system. Hmm. Okay, this is how I can tell this is fantasy. It's my fantasy world. I get to determine that this New England city has a good transit system. That is so foreign to me. I can't, not even in my fantasies, a good transport system. Also, this Connecticut city has a film industry, so I'm driving off to work. That's what I'm doing. And I'm meeting with Derek. Derek, bit of a bro. Is he a nerd bro? Uh, oh, yeah, he's definitely a nerd. He works on Space Cadet. He's like one of those guys who's like, he, he has just like, he has only the one nerd thing. Like anything else outside of Space Cadet, he's like, mm, fuck that. Okay, I was like picturing like cargo shorts, unshaved. I mean, he definitely wears cargo shorts. Okay. He keeps a lot of snacks, protein bars. I will say if he's wearing him at a work where he needs lots of pockets, I'll allow it. Also, I've decided that uh, Derek is like from California. He's got a bit of a, a surfer background. Okay. Gray, he's gonna like totally like talk like this. Shred the gnar, bro. Ruby, sup? Here for work. Uh, thank. How was your day off? Because everyone had the day off, right? I didn't have to ask for the day off for court. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Just I just went and played uh, ultimate frisbee in the park. It's nice that there's not. It's nice that you can do that again now that there's not snow on the ground. Yeah, it was awesome. Got to got to hang out with all my friends. Uh, and then you know we we took some time. We went down to the shelter. It was a good day, good day. Animal shelter? Like, do I know what shelter? Yeah, homeless shelter. Oh. Derek volunteers at the- Yeah, there's bum fight. Derek volunteers <laughs> in the food line at the, at the homeless shelter. That's really nice. Did you have a good time volunteering? Things got really busy with, with getting started on filming. You know, I had to help everybody get, like, ready and stuff, so, like, I didn't really get to go down very often, but, but I love going down there. That's nice. I, I should come down once and volunteer. Yeah, please do. And you could join us for some frisbee before. Sure. I hate him. He's himbo, right? Like, that's... Yeah. No, he's himbro. Yeah, he's a himbro, yes. He's absolutely a himbro. I... You know what? Allowed. Like, he seems nice. I might need to wait for it to warm up a little bit. I... I am not from these parts. Totally fair. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna be shooting uh, some scenes on the lot today, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have a good... It's gonna be a good time, everybody. We're gonna get a lot done. And uh, you know, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna see some amazing work today. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, uh, you're gonna be working with Jeffrey today, yeah, director of photography, and uh, yeah, just kind of keeping helping keep uh, communication lines open between him and the actors and everybody. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do amazing stuff. It's gonna be awesome. Sounds great. I will go see if Jeffrey needs anything. Cool, cool, cool. And yeah, Yardak, what are you up to? Yeah, like I was saying earlier, today is going to be like a super slow day after everything that happened in the court yesterday and then drinking, just kind of lazily lollygagging my way through the city back to my little cave abode. Maybe stop and get a little little tea on my way. Roll a perception check. Damn, all my rolls have been great tonight. Hell yeah. Of course, there's like no fighting. So, of course. Right. <laughs> Eight, uh, 25. 25. Yeah. On your way back, uh, you are super aware of, like, a pretty large fire happening uh, on a residential block. Well, this seems to be in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Do you just, like, look at a random passerby on the street and say that? No, uh, but, like, like the fire's, like, right near me. You started seeing the smoke, and it started getting worse and worse. Okay, I hustle and uh, run towards it. 
Yeah, you. By the time you get there, there's like there's fire firefighters on the scene. They're like, oh, this is a five alarm fire. Call in more. As you're going there, like you start to see the sh- the flames start to go up above. I was gonna say tree line. Like basically, you can start seeing them where you're going. Uh, how big is the building? Uh, well, it's actually at this point, it's multiple buildings that are on fire now. Ooh, love that. Multiple residential uh, row homes. Am I there yet? Yeah, yeah, you're definitely there. It doesn't take you too long. Just by the time you get there, it's pretty. So like the the fire trucks are there and everything. Yeah, there's like two fire trucks. They're calling for more. It's it's uh, like I said, this fire's picking up pace. Can I power stunt? What are you trying to do? Use as much power as I can and take all because I mean I'm in a city, so take all the um the fire hydrants that are available in any like surrounding area, like as much as I can, get all the water out to come. I say you'd have to have them open up all the hydrants. Yeah, and then to get it to come up and then rain down on top of the buildings. You're going to roll first a persuasion check. Persuasion? You're going to persuade the firefighters to open up the hydrants for you. Oh, I have luck. I'm going to use it. Okay. I made a joke about, haha, my rolls are so great, and we're not doing anything, and I tried a power stunt, and I rolled an at one. So, yeah, re-roll. I mean, not much better, but I'll take it. Uh, 8 plus 9 is 17. Firefighters, you know, recognize you. And basically, like, all just start running around and opening up the hydrants, and water is starting to spew onto the ground. Okay. I want to have you roll, uh, let's say, water whip attack. 11, 8, 19. 19? What is your rank on water movement? Uh, 10. Let's see here. Yeah, so you are, are getting this fire. You know, it's mostly under control. And let's see, roll perception. Uh, 15. Okay, yeah, you're able to just notice it in time that the fire was about to reach, like, a gas tank. Ooh. Ooh! Pretty much spray water down on the fire that's coming towards it, but also, like, almost, like, make, like, a moat. Like, you just immediately, like, just sliced water through the ground to, like, separate it from the tank. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to get this fire under control. The firefighters are, like, super thrilled. Like, they were all a little nervous because of how quickly the fire had gained pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, the building is unfortunately lost just because of how hot the fire was, um, but you were able to get under control to you know, save it from spreading to more buildings. And that's how you do that. And Laserhawk, what are you up to? You said you're patrolling? Yep. Laserhawk, you are receiving a phone call. Hello. Hey, Brock. It's your ex-wife. Hey there. So, uh... You and Carl have been talking a lot lately. Seems like you're getting pretty close again. I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can right now. I I can tell. That's uh that's actually why I'm calling. Yeah. So I got offered a new position to be hospital administrator in Riverside. Oh. And I haven't been certain if I want to take it yet. You know, the, it's it's almost a bit of a pay cut, but it's more interesting work. But I just felt like if you think you're going to be there for a while, you know, it's going to be tough for Carl. So, you know, he's going to have to leave it, leave a lot of his friends, at least the ones, you know, that won't be on it on with his on his games or anything. Yeah. But I don't want I don't want to uproot my son's life if you're just going to bug off again. I think I'm here for the long haul, and if you and Carl are coming out here, then 
Yeah, I I can commit to this place. He doesn't know, does he? God, I hope not. I was gonna ask you the same question, honestly. You know, it's gonna be a little different. You trying to keep it from him if he's gonna see you more often. Yeah, well, we made it work as long as we did. You got your shit together, Brock? I think so. No. <laughs> Genuinely, I... Things are hard right now, but I think I'm on the other end of some shit right now. I'll give the I'll give the job a call tomorrow, and uh, tell him I'll, I'll I'm taking the offer. All right, then. Hey, I'm happy for you. Really, this sounds exciting. Albeit, probably nerve-wracking because of my presence. It's not you, Brock. It's what I do. It's what you do. I know. I'll, uh, I'll be in touch. I'll be around. Chapter 44. Justice and Security. Masks and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. The podcast is written, produced, and taken in as a pet by myself, R.C. Byler. This week's episode was brought to you by the I've Seen It Both Ways podcast. Again, you can leave us a review on podchaser.com if you want to give us some feedback about the show. Your review might even be read out in a future episode. Our logo art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional music credits go to Cloud Road Music. You can find social media links, blog posts, and additional episodes at our website, masksandmayhem.com. Just a heads up, this post-credit discussion does briefly talk about sexual harassment, and I thought that was worth mentioning. All right, how did we feel about tonight's episode? Good. Uh, very different pace from what we usually do, but uh, I think in a good way. I don't think I would have been able to handle like a high-energy episode today, cards on the table. No, I thought it was really interesting, and it's... Uh, it was interesting having someone who I would classify as more of an antagonist than as opposed to like a bad guy. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's how I would say I want you to think of Pennington not as as a villain. Yeah. When you offered for Lewis to give me a ride, I totally thought that you were setting up a scene between Brock and Agent Lewis, and I'm kind of surprised you didn't run with that. I, I had thought about it, and then I got we got a little distracted. That's fair. Wait, do you mean a romantic scene, or do you mean just in general? Okay. Lewis is around your age! You don't know Lewis's uh, sexuality? I don't give a fuck what Lewis's sexuality is. I'm not gonna fuck one of the dudes I kinda work for. That's got bad news with a capital bad news written all over it. No, it's got angst! <laughs> I read too many romance books, go for it! I've got enough of that. Go for it more! It could be happy angst! What did we think of Pennington and Lynch?
since those are the only new, real new characters. I yeah, I thought they were interesting. I feel like we haven't gotten too much of Lynch yet, but Paddington was like an interesting, like I guess, adversary would be the. Yeah, that's what I was about to comment on. I feel like we really didn't get much of Lynch's personality beyond Judge Lady, but uh, Paddington, I I'm kind of looking forward to possibly interacting interacting with him more because like. Looking at this from Laserhawk's point of view, it's not that I disagree with anything he said, it's just that he's not the fucking guy I want to hear saying it. Yeah. That's what I like, is that, like, he is, like, the antagonist without being a bad guy. And But yeah, I didn't get anything from the judge this time. It's not that I don't like you, it's that I think your boss is a real piece of shit. What, we don't like, uh, we don't like President Abby Ritter? Or, uh, or Mayor Katie Hilliard? I know very little about them other than their authoritarian figures, so no. Alright, Dan, uh, any th- any thoughts about the whole episode from your perspective? Yeah, the pacing was a hell of different than anything we've ever done, but I thought it was cool because it was, like, no fight. I mean, other than, I mean, like, if you count the fire, but, like, there was not, like, it was not, like, filler in a bad way, but kind of like an info conjoining of things episode. Yeah, this episode was definitely a setup. It feels like like setting up a lot of the conflict of this season. I'll be very honest. I tried to do as much as I could to be like, what are y'all doing today? Like, I wanted to pretty much leave it entirely in your hands, what you chose to do and like where you chose to go. Other than the uh, deposition, I didn't. And we chose alcohol. Other than the deposition, I didn't really have anything like pot can happen based on what y'all do. I'm trying to come in with less predetermined ideas. To be fair, in my head, I was trying to avoid the trope of, like, for some reason, Ruby never goes to work even though she has a job that she's, like, excited about. Yeah, no, you're going to hang out with Derek. He's going to be super cool. Derek seems fine. I was so worried about Derek, and I was like, Derek seems cool. Oh, God. Derek's about to sexually accost my friends. Derek would never do that. Also, this show would never have that. Because that's a really fucking heavy topic that I am not qualified to uh, to do in a any capable way. Oh, yeah, no, sure, fine. You'll just continuously murder all of our friends, you know? Just light, fluffy stuff. I'm just surprised no we didn't get any comments from the two of you about uh, Laserhawk's new development. Oh, about having his family come to town? Yeah, no, that is cool. I just... I mean, I made a joke about the kid coming earlier. We did, that's what I was like. I was like, oh, is the kid coming? Oh, everybody is coming. No, that would be interesting. Like, Ruby wants to know how Carl gets along with Bodega and Cafe. Is that the other dog's name? Yes. And Ulrich. Man, Ulrich is not a pet. Godfather slash best pet Ulrich. If Ulrich ever actually, like, crashes on my couch, we're totally running with the I have three dogs. Ulrich is not a pet. You're gonna. You're all gonna. You're all gonna. No, it's actually gonna be a separate episode uh, where Ulrich and Cafe and Bodega disappear, and they're actually off having their own adventure where they fight a giant cat. And I'm gonna be the episode where I find out that the whole time Cafe and Bodega were werewolves too. Yes. Ulrich was my friend first. He can crash on my couch. Yeah, but you already have a roommate. I've got so much room for him to run around. Ulrich is not a pet. (laughs) 